Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> Good morning. How's everybody doing? Hey, let's uh, let's pray. Father, we uh, we love you, and Lord, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're here in our midst. And I just pray, Lord, you just help me to communicate what's on your heart this morning, Lord. We just say, Holy Spirit, keep coming. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. When I was praying about what to, to share about today, um, the Lord brought to memory this uh, experience I had uh, a little bit ago. And, um, and he, he specifically, I felt like he was saying that he wanted to talk about how to keep our hearts clean in a, a toxic environment. <laughs> and if you, you guys have been awake the past six months, <laughs> the environment's pretty toxic right now in our country, um, in politics, even within some church situations. And I feel like it's on the Lord's heart to just kind of remind us. A lot of you guys already know, hey, like, we need to keep our hearts clean, to hear clearly from him, to, to walk closer to him, um, to keep on track of what God has for us. But I feel like there's like a specific kind of reminder he wants us to, to walk through this morning. Is that cool? Anybody else been hearing stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's encouraging. Um, this is really uh, a very practical thing that we can do and God's enabled us to do. And we really are called to do this every day. And I just want to start off uh, in Matthew 7, 1. So if you got your Bibles, we'll start from there. And this is just kind of set the stage for... Um, this thing that happened to me, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks, probably actually it was about a month or two ago. I can't, I can't remember exactly when now, but this is Matthew 7, 1. All right. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the same way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then when you, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. <clears throat> so that's kind of, uh, that's encouraging, right? <laughs> You know, but no, this is an awesome scripture. This is, this scripture is to protect us. You know, when Jesus was giving this instruction, he was doing so to protect our hearts because he knows that our natural tendency is to judge, that our flesh wants justice and it wants to judge and um, it wants to, uh, to hold grudges. It wants to... Uh, see a right made uh, a wrong made right you know sometimes that the the first verse one it says do not judge so that you will not be judged um 
you know, sometimes when we judge another person for a sin that they're dealing with or with, um, I don't know, a situation, how they're acting in a certain situation, um, you know, we can actually fall into the same thing. You know, that actually opens, opens us up to step into the same sin. You know, the scripture where it says, you know, if, if anyone is sin, the restoration process, I can't even remember the scripture all the time. So when somebody, you know, in Galatians, it talks about when someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, go restore that person. And, but there's a warning there. It says, you know, that you be careful because if you do this restoration process in the wrong heart in the wrong way, you can actually be susceptible to the same sin that the person was entrapped in that you were trying to help them out. Does that make sense? And so I had a little glimpse of this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, it was one morning, you know, I got this, I'm, I'll be honest, and you guys, you know me, I'm not very good with social media. I'm not on it hardly ever. But I still get notifications on my phone, you know, from my email and stuff. And I got this notification from a friend of mine a while back. I mean, it's been a while since I've talked to this person, this couple. Got this notification. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on with them. I haven't talked to them, heard anything for a while, you know. And uh, so I clicked the link and it pulls up, uh, you know, on Facebook, I think it was. And it was this um, almost like crazy tirade about stuff that was going on and about, and it was completely off base. I mean, completely. And I was like, what in the world? It shocked me. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, because I know the, this couple, they're very strong, or when I knew them, they were very strong believers. You could even consider them elders within the body of Christ in general. And, um, and I was like, man, they should know better, you know? And I was like, and I was actually, I actually got angry towards them. And I was like, what in the world? And you're spewing all this like bad theology and like, honestly, leftist agenda stuff all over Facebook. And, uh, and I was just kind of like, I, I became angry towards them. And I had like a resentment towards them. And I was like, what in the world? You should know better. And you're actually leading people as elders. I, I see them in, within the body of Christ. You're actually leading people into this junk that you're caught up in. And um, I remember I was in the kitchen. And I was like, I was just thinking, mulling over this stuff and kind of just holding this like resentment towards them. And um, this righteous judgment, you know what I'm saying? Like... I didn't think there was anything wrong. They were in the wrong, you know, and they were leading other people in the wrong. And, and like in an instant, I know this might sound weird to some of you guys, in an instant, like I began to believe the deception that they were preaching. And it seemed logical in my brain. I know it sounds really weird. It was weird to me, I'll be honest. I was like, I was like oh yeah, you know, they could be right. That could be totally right. And I was just like, for an instant, it was just like for a couple seconds, and then all of a sudden I kind of stepped back out of it, and I was like, what in the world was that? <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me immediately, and he said, 
He said this scripture, judge not or you will be judged. And he said that, uh, and he just kind of opened up what, what this couple was going through. And he kind of showed me that they had been wounded and hurt by the church and that they, it had opened them up to deception and that the enemy was just like having a heyday with them. And uh, my heart just broke for them. When I, and, I, and I actually, my anger got redirected in an instant to the enemy. And my heart actually went out to them. I began to have compassion for them. It's like my brother, my sister, who was just like, you know, my heart hurt for them. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of weird, but <laughs> um, but the Lord was showing, he was teaching me something. And he was, and he was basically saying, Paul, like, you're not seeing right. You're just looking on the surface here and you're making judgments on the natural instead of, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that the spiritual man judges all things. He judges things from the spirit, from God's perspective. And uh, so I was just like, Lord, forgive me. And I began to pray for him. It just like stirred up in this thing, like a heart for prayer for them, you know? And I was like, Lord, forgive me for judging them. Forgive me for having anger towards and resentment towards them. Lord, I bless them. Help them out of this ditch. Help them out of this thing. Bring healing to their their wounds. And it just kind of totally shifted, you know. Uh, and I just felt like the Lord was like talking to me about Paul. Be careful. It is be careful during this time to keep your heart clean, because I could also just me simply judging the same temptation that they fell into. I can easily fall into the same temptation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not stronger than another. You know what I'm saying? We are all operating in, by the grace of God. Our flesh can do anything at any moment except for the grace of God. But I thought I was holier than they were, <laughs> you know, for a moment there. But you, if you had asked me that, I wouldn't have said that. But in reality, I really was thinking that way so yeah so i feel like the lord he, he just want i just want to break down some stuff really quick here and uh kind of go through of how uh two things i want to talk about how can our heart become unclean and then number two how to keep our hearts clean all right um you know so and I, i'll yeah i'm gonna have to skip through some of this stuff I, well, no, this is important. You know, if, in 2 Timothy 4.3, it says, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenge them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors that they hold and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions. So that's what happens a lot of times when we like hold on to the, this unforgiveness that, you know, this this couple that I know that they're kind of harboring right now and it has led them into deception because if you notice here um, when you judge others and you have the same thing it affects your vision 
You know, in verse five it says, you hypocrite, take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your own brother's eye. So unforgiveness and resentment and judgment can actually affect the way that we see and perceive and it opens us up to deception. And that's what, that's what happened to this, this couple that I know. And, um, you know, because the, the hurt and the unforgiveness it has colored their heart and it will negatively affect their relationship with the Lord and others. It'll affect how they see the world around them. You know, that's what unforgiveness, resentment does. All right. So how can our heart become unclean? Let's turn to Hebrews twelve fifteen. I'm just going to kind of go through this scripture here and break it down a little bit. I think um, when I was asking the Lord about about this, this, this scripture specifically came up. And um, there's a couple sections here. So verse 15, it says, Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and that many become contaminated and defiled by it. Now, that's the amplified version, but um, it's basically kind of breaking down uh, a lot of what that means. So, and a lot of you guys have read this scripture before, but if you can, if you see it, I'm going to just kind of break, break down uh, the first couple sections of it. Right off the bat, it's saying, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another. And I feel like that's what the Lord has kind of been saying in this season is just be careful. Be on watch. Guard your heart. Make sure that the things of this world in this toxic environment isn't coloring your heart and then defiling your heart. So this part right here where it says one fall back and fails to secure God's grace, you know, I want to talk about how can that actually take place? How can somebody who's walking in the grace of God fall back from that grace and basically fall back into the law? All right, so number one, you know, before we were saved, we were under the law, Galatians 3.23, and we were under the judgment of God. So before we were saved, we were in this kind of realm of being in, in, under the law and, un, and under judgment. You know, Ephesians 2, 3 says, Among them, we too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest were. So we were under judgment before being saved. And so when we were saved, when we got saved, we stepped from this realm of judgment and being under the law, and we stepped into this realm of grace, and where our sins were forgiven, and we were no longer being held up to a standard that was impossible to fulfill the law, right? Jesus did it all for us so that we now can step into this realm of grace where we are forgiven of all of our sins, we are cleansed of all of our righteousness. And we are actually the righteousness of Christ. So how do you fall back from that realm back into grace? Well, a lot of times, and in this situation, 
you know, this couple that I know and uh, myself included, I was operating in a place of grace, but I wanted to stick one of my feet, one foot in grace and one foot in law, under the law and under judgment. Does that make sense? And you can't live that way. That's impossible. It's either one or the other. You're either living in the realm of grace, saved, washed by the blood, living under this new covenant, or you are in under judgment. You're living under an old covenant, actually, where the punishment of sin is death, right? Does that make sense? So whenever we begin to judge or whenever we hold like unforgiveness towards somebody else, it's like we're trying to straddle both realms here. And it's really, that's impossible. You can't do that. It's one or the other. So basically, when we want judgment for somebody, when we're holding unforgiveness and resentment for somebody, we're actually falling from grace into a realm of judgment. And not only are we wanting judgment for others, but we will have judgment on ourselves as well. Does that make sense? You can't have both. But that's what happens with unforgiveness. We want justice. We want that person to pay for what they did. You know, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't work like that. You're either in grace for yourself and for others, or you're under the law and under judgment for yourself and for others. Does that make sense? This happens all the time. There's lots of Christians that are still living under the law because they're living in unforgiveness. All right. And I want to read this, this passage here to kind of solidify this, what Jesus was talking about, Matthew eighteen twenty one. So then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? As many as many as up to seven times? And Jesus answered him, I tell you, not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. And when he began the accounting, one was brought before him who owed him 10,000 talents, which in today's money is possibly around $10 million, an impossible amount to pay back for most of us. <laughs> and because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed and payment to be made. So the attendant fell on his knees begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And his master's heart was moved with compassion and he released him and forgave him, canceling the debt. But that same attendant as he went out found one of his fellow attendants who owed him a hundred denarii which is about 20 bucks. And he caught him by the throat and said, pay what you owe. So his fellow attendant fell down, begged him earnestly, give time, give me time and I'll pay it all off. But he was unwilling and he went out and he had him put in prison till he should pay the debt. And when his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. And then the master called him and said, you contemptible and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled all that great debt of yours because you begged me to. And should you not have had pity and mercy on your fellow attendant as I have had pity and mercy on you? 
And in wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers till he should pay all that he owed. So also my heavenly father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offenses. Ouch. (laughs) That's pretty rough, isn't it? But it's serious. You can't live in two realms. You are either living in the new covenant of grace and forgiveness or you're living under judgment and under the law for yourself and for others. That's where the unforgiveness kind of comes in. We don't actually, if you're living in grace, you don't have a right to not forgive. Because you've been you have been forgiven the $10 million. And when somebody sins against us one or twice, you know, three times, whatever, how many times, it's like 20 bucks. Do you see the difference that Jesus is making here between the two? And he's not doing this to like, you know, he's a good father. He doesn't, he knows the consequences of unforgiveness, of how it just dirties our heart, and how it actually puts us in the realm of judgment where we ourselves will receive judgment. Now, I don't personally believe that, you know, as a Christian, if you're holding unforgiveness, that, you know, okay, that you're going to hell because when you die. You know, I believe you, that judgment that you will experience will be in this life. That you will actually experience judgment in this life because of your unforgiveness. And I had a little taste of it. <laughs> When I was uh, judging and holding resentment towards my friends, you know, I was actually experiencing judgment because I stepped out of grace and I stepped into the law. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord, for revealing that to me. (laughs) I mean, it's always mercy, right? So the next part of that verse in Hebrews 12 says, uh, it talks about, You know, they fall away from God's grace in order that, you know, it's saying, you know, be on watch to see that no one falls and fails to secure God's grace in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment. So what is this root of resentment, this bitterness that it's talking about here? I believe it's unforgiveness. You know, I believe unforgiveness, it's like a seed that is planted in our hearts. And just like any other seed, it will eventually grow and it will bear fruit. And sometimes that fruit, you know, the fruit of that is bitterness. And sometimes it's even sickness. Did you know, like physical and emotional sickness. And you guys have probably heard of this before, that, that it's actually been proven by science that unforgiveness, that bitterness and resentment, actually affects our natural health. Did you guys know that? You guys heard that before? And I'll just read this. This is a quote from a, um, a study on this. Concordia University had done a study on this, on the, um, the link between the state of the mind and health, and it found consistent bitterness can make a person physically ill, physically and mentally ill. Holding on to bitterness can affect your metabolism, your immune response, your organ function. It can lead to physical disease even. And you know, uh, you know, sometimes 
when I'm praying for somebody, you know, we're doing ministry or whatever, the Holy Spirit will bring to, to remembrance, uh, he'll speak to me about like unforgiveness in this person. If I'm praying specifically for somebody's healing. And it, sometimes, you know, I'll just be asking, I'll be praying and speaking healing over somebody. And all of a sudden I'll have this like, uh, just kind of sense or kind of reminder that this person is dealing with unforgiveness and it's actually the bitter root that is causing the sickness. And, um, and, I'll, and I'll share it with them and, you know, and just try to help them walk through forgiveness. Forgiveness releasing the people that they're holding a grudge towards. And it will actually even bring healing to their life. You know, God's telling us this because he loves us. He doesn't want sickness. He doesn't want us to be walking in sickness and, and uh, in bitterness and all of these things. He wants our hearts to stay clean. All right. And then moving on. So, um, so shoots forth and causes trouble, trouble and bitter torment. And the many become contaminated and defiled by it. So how can many be contaminated by it, by this bitterness, by unforgiveness? Well, you guys have experienced this before. Have you ever been around a bitter person? <laughs> you want to get as far away from that person as you possibly can, right? Because bitterness, oh gosh, it's horrible. You know, when you're around somebody who's bitterness and they're always complaining, they're always blaming other people, and they're always like, um, they're just, it's just constant junk, just being like, you feel like you need to go take a shower sometimes after you hang out with somebody who's bitter. You know? Bitterness, it defiles, it contaminates. And even with, uh, you know, my friends who are kind of, they're dealing with unforgiveness towards the church that has hurt them, they're now spreading this bitterness and resentment. And they're doing it on social media. It's all the, their friends and everything. It's just like, it's like a cancer. God wants to protect our hearts from this thing. He wants us to keep our hearts clean. All right. So how can... How can we actually keep our heart clean? How can we practically, you already, I've already kind of gone through it, like how our hearts get dirty and how our hearts can get bitter and resentful and how unforgiveness is the root of these things. How can we keep our hearts clean? And, um, and I know many of you guys have experienced this before. You ever have like somebody like uh, in your life who just, you just constantly, just, they just grate on you? And they just constantly, but you're stuck with them, <laughs> either through family or through your job or whatever. You guys ever experienced a person like that? And you're always like, Lord, help me. Give me deliverance from this dude. <laughs> you guys ever experienced that? <laughs> yeah. We call them grace growers, right, in the church. <laughs> you know, it is, a, it's, you know, it, it's on purpose that those people are in our lives. It's actually a, a test. The God's like God's actually putting us in a test to get free and to like be able to love. You know? So he sends these people in our lives to grow grace in our life. 
And we can either pass the test or we, we can keep on taking it. <laughs> and um, that, this, this happened to me, I don't know, gosh, it's happened to me many times in my life. But there was one specific individual in my life, it's nobody here, so don't like me. <laughs> Um, that they, I was, you know, in work situation, I was stuck with this person. I had to work with them every week. And I was constantly tempted to be offended and to hold unforgiveness towards them. Constantly. Every day. It was probably daily. The enemy would come along and be like, that person, when they did this to you, you remember that? You know, he would just bring up situations in my mind. That's how the enemy will tempt you. You bring up the past. And I, this person probably meant this. This person probably was doing this against you. And it was just tempting me more and more and more to hold a grudge towards them and to hold unforgiveness towards them. And I learned very early on in my walk that like to keep your, your heart clean. Now, I would first and foremost recognize when this conversation was going on in my mind that it wasn't just me thinking about it, number one. It was the enemy introducing and tempting me. See, a lot of times the enemy, when he tempts us, the best thing he can do is to trick you into thinking you're not being tempted by him, that you're coming up with this stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If, he, if he, he can get you to think that you're thinking up this great idea or these great, uh, <laughs> I don't know, um, ideas of like the situation, then he's got you. Because then you think, okay, yeah, I'm coming up with this stuff, and yeah, I'm right about that, and yeah, that person did wrong me, and I am right to be angry with that person, and I, they deserve to you know, pay for what they did, and you know, all along the line, the, the enemy, he's just kind of whispering in our, these suggestions into our ears about this person that you're dealing with, and he's trying to get you ensnared to hold bitterness, unforgiveness, and resentment towards this person. Because he knows when you get snared and you get that, your heart dirty and that bitter root grows, you become ineffective in the kingdom of heaven. You will stray from your calling in the path that God has for you. I'll tell you right now, this is probably the number one thing that I've seen cause Christians steer off their path, their purpose in life, bitterness and unforgiveness. So if the enemy can get us to do that, he won. Game over. Your life's kind of like you're on the sidelines, struggling and stuck in bitterness and unforgiveness. That's why the Lord's saying, be careful. That's why he's, he's very stern about it. I mean, I could read, there's plenty of scriptures, you know about this. Like, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, who trespass against us. And then he goes on to say that, you know, my father in heaven won't forgive you unless you forgive those that sin against you. I mean, it's a serious business. And he's doing that because he's saying that because he knows how much it's going to trip you up in this life. All right, he's a good father. So, so I've been in this situation, and it was years. I was in this situation for years. And I'll be honest, I failed sometimes. There were times where I'm just like, man, I hate that dude. <laughs> or whatever, you know, I just like, man. And, and for a couple of days, and I'd be like, kind of like, 
it would be affecting, it would be coloring my thoughts, it'd be coloring my attitude, it would be coloring my relationship with the Lord in a negative way. And then the Holy Spirit would come graciously and convict my heart, be like, Paul, you're holding on. You're holding on. Your heart's getting dirty. That unforgiveness is creeping in. Your heart's getting dirty. It's affecting your life. It's affecting how you treat your family. It's, a tr- it's affecting how you treat your friends and those who I'm calling you to minister to even. And I just feel like, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> again, forgive me again. I repent again. I'm going to get this. <laughs> By your grace, I'm going to get this. And uh, this happened for, for years and I knew it, it, were, it actually, and this might sound kind of weird and almost robotic, <laughs> but I like almost trained myself just to repent. As soon as I felt that thing coming on, Lord, forgive me. I repent for any bitterness, any harboring, any resentment towards this person. Forgive me. I forgive them. I bless them. And my heart during this process began to change towards this person. I began to actually love this person. I began to get God a glimpse of God's heart for this person. And I actually began to speak out things as though they weren't to this person. And began, in a sense, to prophesy into this person's life who God's called them to be. And um, anyways... Moving forward from here. So how do we keep our hearts clean? And I was trying to show you that example. Number one, forgive. Keep on forgiving. Be quick to forgive. Don't let it linger. The longer you let it linger, the longer you let that root grow and grow and grow, and the harder it is to pull it out. You guys ever try to pull out one of those? I hate these stupid vines that grow up in my yard. And it's got this like big potato looking thing. And it's got this like vine with the spikes on it. You guys have those? Oh my gosh, I hate those things. I'm pulling, pulling, pulling. If you don't get that ball of mass or whatever, that potato looking thing, it's just going to keep growing every like couple days. It just keeps growing. This spiky vine takes over everything. That really is a picture of unforgiveness and that bitter root. Unless you get that thing out of it, that little potato root ball mass thing, it's just going to keep on growing. So be quick to forgive, quick to repent. When you feel that thing coming on you towards a person or a situation, say, Lord, forgive me. I forgive them. I bless them in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just let it become like, I hate to use the word robotic because we're not robots, but you know, like where it's a, hub, a habit, a habitual act of forgiving. Because guess what? We are, we are constantly being, free. we have been forgiven of our sin that we do every single day. The Father, the blood of Jesus covers us of all our sins we do every single day in the same way we are forgiven, we are to forgive. All right. You guys given. Forgive us, we've been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you must also do so. 
I had another also in there or something. <laughs> but you must, so you must do also. Forgive each other just as God has forgiven you. Sometimes we think like uh, our forgiveness is like half-hearted a little bit, if you know what I mean. Like we're like, I'll forgive that person, but I'm not going to forget it. Anybody ever heard that? <laughs> How did God forgive us? Well, let's read it. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our wrongdoings from us. Micah 7, 19. He shall have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our wickedness. Yes, he will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Hebrews 8, 12. For I will be merciful toward their wrongdoings and their sins I will no longer remember. So can we forgive them but not forget? According to scripture, no. We are to forgive as we have been forgiven. So when we forgive somebody, it's as though it didn't happen. Now there's only by God's grace and his power that we can do that. Because the enemy, what he'll do is he'll keep on bringing it back. Remember when that guy did that? Ah, I forgave that person already. Yeah, remember, he's still doing it. I forgive him. I forgive him. I forgive him. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> some things, you, some things have happened to you guys that are horrible. Some, some things that happened to me, terrible stuff. Forgive him. Keep your heart clean. Because when you hold on to that unforgiveness and that bitterness, you're not penalizing the person who sinned against you. You're hurting yourself. You're affecting yourself. And most importantly, the number one thing in our, as Christians, is our relationship with the Lord. Be jealous to protect your relationship with him. Be jealous. Don't let silly Unforget some silly thing like unforgiveness color and hurt your relationship with the Lord, the most important thing. That is my motive. I'll be honest, it might be a little selfish, but that's my motivation to forgive. It's God, I don't want my relationship with you to get screwed up because of bitterness. And you're the most important thing to me. My relationship with you is the most important thing. I don't want anything to get in the way. Unforgiveness will get in the way with your relationship with the Lord. All right. I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. All right, number two. So number one, forgive. Keep on forgiving. Forgive as he forgave you. Number two, repent from unforgiveness. Be quick to repent. God, forgive me. Did you know unforgiveness is a sin? So repent from it. God, forgive me. And if you repent from it, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Number three, bless those who curse you. Pray for your enemies. You know, your heart will change toward that person. It will. That's why God tricks us into praying for our enemies. <laughs> he commands you. You might do it begrudgingly at first. You're like, oh, I hate that dude, but okay, Lord, mm, bless him. <laughs> 
You know, and you might do it their first time, maybe your first dozen times. It's like, oh gosh, I hate that dude. Lord, forgive me for hating that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> Bless this guy. Help this guy. Whatever girl, you know what I'm saying. But something happens in your heart. You can't see it. Something happens as you start praying for that person. You begin, God begins to share his secrets about that person. You begin to have his perspective and his heart towards that person. And you begin to love that person. And you begin to have compassion towards that person. You begin to see, wow, the reason why he wounded me is because he was wounded by somebody else. I begin to have compassion for that person. Man, he had a rough life. Not that it justifies the sin, but it gives you at least compassion for it. You know what I'm saying? All right. So pray for your enemies. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven. God's going to share his heart for you, for those people. And you are going to be, we're going to actually be a blessing to that person and actually probably help them. Let's keep our heart clean. During this time, I'm telling you, it's like very toxic. There's like you, there, you're tempted to get offended. If you turn on the news, I mean, you're just tempted to just like, <laughs> I mean, I just, you just laugh at it. It's just like, man, this, the world is like going crazy and all the stuff that's going on. I don't even need to go through it. You guys know what I'm talking about. Let alone your relationships within the body let alone the relationships with that at your work and at school. We're tempted to, to hold on to that unforgiveness. And I feel like there, we just need to be on guard and know that the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower us to live victoriously through this crazy kind of toxic time right now and to keep our hearts clean. So um, let's do something real quick. Let's make this real and practical. Um, let's just ask, you know, what's awesome. You know, I love the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know you guys do too. I love the Holy Spirit. He is just so gracious with us and he's really good at his job. And his job is to make us look more like Jesus. That's one of his many jobs, but that's one of his main jobs is for him to, for him to make us look more like Jesus. So he's really good at like pointing out the things in our hearts that don't look like Jesus, that are actually stealing from us, that could even be in bitterness situation, unforgiveness, could be causing disease in our body. And he's so awesome that he loves to just point out, hey, and invite us to get free from that thing. That's called conviction. You know, it's very different from condemnation. Conviction is this invitation to get out of junk. It's an invitation to be set free. You know, and condemnation is like, hey, you stay there in your sin. So the Holy Spirit is really good at that. And when we ask him to search our heart, and you guys probably heard that, Psalm 139, Lord, search my heart, know my, know my inner thoughts, you know, reveal to me anything that's, on, you know, in my heart. I just, I feel like we're supposed to do that today. And, and I want to encourage you to do this every day. 
not be digging around, you know, oh, man, do I have any forgiveness against this person? I remember this dude. He did some stuff to me back in the day. Don't be like digging around in your past. That's like you trying to sanctify yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the things that he wants to address. Does that make sense? That's, and you don't need to get in the mix. You don't need to bring conviction to yourself. You can't do that. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal in your heart the things he wants to address, and then deal with them with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just say, hey, Paul, you had unforgiveness towards this dude. All right, peace out. I'm out of here. You deal with it. No, he comes alongside, and he's like, Paul, see this thing here? It's dirty in your heart. Let's get rid of this stuff. All right, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Cleanse me of this. I forgive that person. And boom, it's done. It's done. Now, it might happen. You might have to do it multiple times. But when you say it, it's done. So if anything, fail in just asking, repenting too much. (laughs) So let's just do that right now. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit. And you just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Thank you that you love us so much that you want to free us from anything entangling us. Anything that is stealing from our lives and from our family's life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you love to make us look like Jesus. That you love to talk about Jesus and show Jesus and make us like Jesus. We're asking you right now, Holy Spirit, for you to just search our hearts. If there's any unclean thing in it, Lord, if there's any hint of bitterness, any hint of resentment, any hint of unforgiveness, Lord, reveal it to us. So just listen for a little bit. And maybe even you'll, you might see people kind of pop up in your mind's eye. You might see like, you might remember situations where you've been wronged. That's the Holy Spirit. He's wanting to deal with those things. So first and foremost, forgive and release that person. And number two, repent for your unforgiveness. And number three, bless that person. So we're going to do this together. So Lord, that person that you brought up, that situation that you brought up, Lord, we forgive them. It's okay, just speak it out. You you need to do this. I can't do this for you. Speak it out. Lord, I forgive that person. I release that person. Father, forgive me for my unforgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness and that you've cleansed me of all unrighteousness. And number three, Lord, we bless this person. 
You said to pray for your enemies. We bless them. We pray for them. We speak blessings over their family, over their work, over their finances, over their relationship with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I just pray you just remove any any root of bitterness, any hint of that stuff. Thank you that you're cleansing our hearts, just flushing all that junk out. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Holy Spirit. Keep doing this, Lord. Lord, make our hearts soft towards you. That, Lord, just the hint of it, this stuff coming up will just pierce our hearts and there will be a conviction that comes over our hearts to just get right with you. Lord, we love our relationship with you. It is the most important thing. Help us to protect our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.